feel free to like like put a, like a sick beat drop on this <laughs> and use it as like your intro. Welcome back to the Stand Desk Podcast. I am your co-host, Ben, and I'm joined by my other co-host, Dan. What's up, Dan? What up, Standers? Shout out all our Standers. We got a great uh, episode today, as always. Uh, we're covering a lot of ground, a lot of stuff to talk about. It's going to be a uh, marathon. We're going to be talking about AI swimming pools. AI uh, swimming pools? Yeah, you'll see. Well, Aww. it's not as cool as you think it is. Uh, we're going to be doing a little uh, revisit of Be Real. Uh, we're going to be talking about Instagram caption caps. Uh, take that as you will. Doing a little another revisit, this time of Young Gravy, of course. Uh, we're going to be talking about a work faux pas, uh, hamburgers, <laughs> Dan, something Dan has in mind. And then we're going to be talking about something called FN Mecca. And finally, we're going to wrap it all up with quiet quitting, which you may or may not have heard about. I've seen it everywhere in like 20 columns. So, but before we get into all that, Dan, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, a man passed today. um, And so in honor of uh, his passing, what were your favorite Mikhail Gorbachev moments? Actually, probably my number one is ending the Cold War. That was a pretty cool thing he did. I don't know, bro. (laughs) Just kidding. We're not going to be talking about that rip. Um, Sorry, Cameron. You were in one of my textbooks. Shout, shout out Gorby. All right. That's that's that. Um, but I do actually want to give a shout out to uh, to some, Alive people. some standers who were upset that another standard got a shout out and they didn't. So not everyone gets a shout out. Sorry, standers. <laughs> maybe one day, maybe if we had like a Dow. <laughs> Oh, gosh, you know what I'm saying? A share of the pod. Exactly. Uh, but yes, a shout out, Henry. Uh, Henry actually got this this uh, marijuana strain called Benge Benge, which is, was my nickname in middle school. Of of It was his nickname of me in middle school. So he did a, a Benge Benge bong rip and what? did whole Cooler Talk style review of it um it was it was actually really well done i told him like he can never start a podcast because he'll put us out of business uh shout out henry james also wanted a shout out so um shout out you guys now let's get into the show daniel would you like to start with your grab bag item mine's about 15 seconds i just want to say if you're not out here snacking on pecan flavored nut thins you're doing it wrong nut thins nut thins they're like little crackers. Are you? Oh, you're supposed to pronounce those nothings. Ain't not, no way. Not nothings. Yo, I got this nothing. <laughs> that was like a wheat thin, but like no. Oh, is it really supposed to be nothings? Wait, I thought you were saying it's nothings. No, I'm saying it's nothings. Oh well, you were, you said it multiple times where it sounded like nothings, which is. They're probably going. That for actually might be better. They're going probably going for a play on words there, like watch your calories, the health thing. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Higher shout up. Out nut, shout out nut thins. <laughs> yeah, this That's has, all I got to say. Use our code standard nut thins. Um, <laughs> no, just standard nut. 
Speaking of nothings, uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about Young Gravy. Uh, so, in a previous... <laughs> Tough. He's nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, so, on a previous episode, we talked about how he was pursuing Addison Ray's mom. And then, I think you said her ex-husband uh, wanted to... It challenged him to a boxing match. And that was in the... Correct. Group. Yeah. So would you like to share the update on the situation? <laughs> so uh, Mr. Gravy took this one to the next level. He took Addison Ray's mom. I got called out for saying Addison's apparently last time we talked about this, which is a like a kid. We just get a lot of chirps, dude. A lot of chirps. Yeah, a lot of chirps. I'll box any one of you. Um, <laughs> I'll so take young... your mom to any festival, bro. <laughs> okay, spoiler alert. Young Gravy ended up taking Addison Ray's mom to the VMAs as his date on the dude, red carpet. Dude, at first I thought he just took her, but like there's a picture of them kissing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually made out. Just, uh, okay, so do you think she like, do you think she got paid to do it? Or do you think she's just like, this will be like hilarious i think she just wanted to piss off her ex-husband i think it's just a win-win dude yeah i mean you get to go out with a, a cool rap rapper i guess cool. on, <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah, i use a lot of words very liberally there I, yeah. I apologize for that uh you gotta go on a red carpet at the vmas there's a bunch of celebrities around he probably paid for a nice dinner drinks limo the whole shebang sure. it's i would do it too yeah it's the gravy on top um, so speaking of food items, so I, I just wanted to get this off my chest. It's not really, uh, <laughs> it's been weighing on me for the past, uh, what is it? Three hours now. So I had a plan to go to Shake Shack after the gym for dinner. I was really excited about it. Didn't want to so cook. You. It's like, just like two blocks from my house. So this quick, easy gym, Shake Shack home, don't have to cook. Uh, and I, I ordered ahead of, or I started to order ahead of time, and uh, I, I added just a normal double burger and a and fries, and the total before taxes came out to thirteen dollars, thirteen for burger fries for burger and fries, and it's I Shake Shack. Okay, well, I guess that's where where my question. Uh, arises so i ended up not getting it <laughs> i said no i'm not paying 15 dollars for a burger from shake shack so do you think shake shack is better than fast food no well okay sorry and i think that the quality of the food price not considered is leagues beyond yes your normal fast food i think they have a very very good burger yeah the price point Mm-hmm. is abhorrent yeah yeah so i was gonna ask you what is your burger line what is what is your cap your ceiling on what you will pay for uh let's say a double a double cheeseburger like a fast food fries. burger Bur- a burger and fries at like a fast food restaurant or like a nice restaurant uh yeah i guess that's a good uh a good point because like obviously at a restaurant you're gonna probably gonna be paying like 17 dollars. so yeah let's say like you're not sitting down at a restaurant, including like, Shake Shack. Like you're not being, uh, you're not getting service. Oh, if it's a double cheeseburger and fries, yes. nothing crazy. No shake, no soda. 
Oh, brother. I mean, for sure, 10. Tens, maybe yeah. maybe the Days. 8 range. What? What range? Maybe, maybe like 8. 8 is your cap? That's when I'd start to be like, really? We're, we're charging me for a burger and fries, $8? Yeah. I could go to McDonald's right now and get this all for 3 bucks, and well, they'll give me a high five. Yeah, I feel like internet's at about eight these days. Yeah, that that's about yeah. that's my limit. I'd say yeah, I'd say I'm at, at about eleven, eleven or twelve. Uh, so they they just missed you by a dollar. Well, it, it was thirteen before tax. Like I knew it was going to be oh sure because it's like so the California taxes it rendered out to about thirty three fifty. Exactly. Well, I try to tip like a dollar. What? I don't know, man. We, we just about talked about this last week. With if you if you want to hear us talk about tipping, watch last week's episode where special guest star Sierra uh, Ruiz talks about tipping, redistribution of wealth. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> okay, good to know. If I April. had wealth to redistribute, <laughs> dude, for real. Speaking of wealth to redistribute, um, so there's this new, so there's this this article that came out. Uh, let me pull it up. So in France, I guess they charge or the government taxes residential swimming pools. Um, there are obviously a lot of ways to evade that. You know, there's not an IRS employee knocking on people's doors and asking to go to their backyard and do a couple swan dives. So, um, <laughs> So there's this company, uh, a firm, Capgemini, that oh, yeah. uh, used AI to identify 20,000 swimming pools that had previously gone undeclared, which will open up 10 million euros in additional tax revenue. Apparently, they like tapped into you know satellite data and <clears throat> matched it with whatever data labeling. Uh, software they have to identify these blue squares and ovals. Um, so, Dan, you're a former member of the uh, accounting tax audit world. Audit. You, sure, sure. Yeah. What do you what, what do you think about this? It's it's, pre, it's pretty smart. <laughs> um, that it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I am a I am under the fair belief that. If you owed your taxes, you should probably pay them. Sure. Um, if you are in a position to put a swimming pool into your domicile, mm. you should be in the position to pay your taxes. <laughs> um, you should follow the law. You, mean? you should probably follow the law. Not a big tax evasion guy. 20,000 uh, people don't. <laughs> 20,000 frogs disagree. <laughs> now, do you get taxed on the square footage or the raw existence of a pool? Could I claim it as a koi pond? Uh, it is per it is per square meter. <clears throat> so thirty square meter swimming pool will result in two hundred euros of extra taxes. I didn't do the calculation. You can do it. I I don't I don't mind that. It's almost proportional taxing based on you know if I could afford to put in a kilometer wide pool. <laughs> then I should pay the tax. It's, it's also a similar. Like, sorry. I was just saying like in, was it Finland or Sweden? You get 
speeding tickets done based on your income. So it's a flat percent and then it's based oh. on your income. So like if I was a minimum wage worker, my speeding ticket would be like 50 bucks. If I was Jeff Bezos, it could be like ten a $10,000 speeding ticket. I don't know if I believe in that drastic of a... I do. Absolutely. What? Not, not providing proportional punishment for equal crimes gives a disproportionate advantage to the wealthy elite when it comes to committing petty crimes, such as parking tickets, such as speeding tickets. If guess, I'm Jeff Bezos and I have a trillion dollars to my name and I could get a parking ticket, I can park wherever I want. True. I don't care. I can pay, I can pay it off. But if some guy is just trying to get by and park somewhere where he didn't know, and he has to pay $200 and that's 10 hours of work, that's criminal. That is a good point. I knew this guy in college whose his like family was like oil tycoons in Texas or some craziness. So sure. he would always just park right outside our house in the in the red, right in front of a fire hydrant, and just collect tickets. Yep. You just pay it off. It yeah. doesn't matter. It's nothing to them. It's a fair point. Um interesting stuff. Thanks for uh staying with us through our tax. Talk. I, I would like to say this is unreal. We're talking about Russia, <laughs> tax evasion, and like a proportional punishment of like crime. Like this is I'm like the hammer and sickle know. podcast, man. I'm trying to be educational while keeping you entertaining. Let us know what you think of these drier topics. Uh, but let's get into something uh, a little a little lighter. Uh, I wanted to revisit be real um, okay. because you know I think. Uh, other other Frenchman, another French company. Uh, I is be real. Be real's a French. The French, company. yeah. I would never expect something so personable from the French. <laughs> no. Uh, so I owe the the frogs an apology because be real is amazing, dude. <laughs> I love be real. Last time, if you haven't listened to the episode, I was really hesitant. I thought it was a silly idea. I hadn't had it downloaded at the time in my defense. Um, I thought it was just like a worse version of Snapchat. But it is great. I love how you can just open it up once a day, get it done. It's not like I thought it was going to be another app that I have to constantly feel uh, like I need to check uh, that I'm just addicted to. But no, you, you take a picture. You're done. It's cool seeing like what your friends are up to, even if they're literally just in front of a spreadsheet. You know, why you gonna call me out like that, man? Dude, I have like four people. They're just like in front of a spreadsheet. I'm working. Yeah, I'm like, all right, man. I see you. Put those, put those zeros in, sir. So, yeah. yeah. What would you? Would you? make what um, what uh adjustments would you make to be real though to make it better i feel like it has a lot of room for growth i don't know i i love how simple it is it is here's what i'm doing and then i love that i can react with like a picture of myself yeah it is fun uh to other people's things i like it has comments in there like you can have a little back and forth little fun there with people i think it's great i i, I think it's good as is i don't want them to go too in depth with it i just have two changes which are kind of the same. I want you to be able to like, like or react to a comment and the reaction. So acknowledge that you see the comment and the reaction without, I don't want to reply to each comment 
I like the comment idea. I don't like the react or reacting oh, to a reaction. Dude. No, 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 not react, but just like like it, you know? No? I, I think that's that, that's too far. Okay. Classic millennial take where everybody needs a trophy for doing anything. <laughs> that's classic snowflake behavior, dude. Yeah. Participation trophy. Come on now. Um, okay, so another social media related topic. Uh, I gotta pull this up. So I was scrolling through the old feed, and I came across what looked like a uh, an engagement picture. The person was like hanging over the other person. I- I'm trying to keep this as undescript as possible, nondescript as possible, because this person knows <laughs> me. But the like the hands were very visible. So I thought it was like flash in the ring. It mm. wasn't. Yet. And then I was confused again because I open up the caption and it was not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, but okay, seven LeBron. paragraphs long. More paragraphs than Jordan's rings, doggy. Bruh. <laughs> On a non-engagement. Bro, it takes third graders like five weeks to write a five-paragraph essay, Bro. and you're putting that in an Instagram caption. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't read the whole thing. It's like that whole picture. Like, I'm sorry that happened to you, or congratulations. But I ain't reading all that. <laughs> um, but so, what do you think is the cap on Instagram caption on captions? Oh man, <laughs> what what should it be? Yeah, what should it be? Two, two or three sentences, maybe. Really, maybe, you think maybe one paragraph? That sh- okay, that's. Oh, it's a picture. Okay, I went to Hawaii. Okay. I just won my first ever wrestling tournament. I think it's okay to show a little more sentiment than that, okay. especially if it's like sure. a big, paragraph. like a wedding or sure. something. Okay, a paragraph. You know, okay, I was gonna put it at two. You're saying one? Give me five to eight sentences. Yeah. <laughs> MLA format. Cite your sources. <laughs> yeah, I want a full bibliography uh, in the comments. Did okay. you know that there is no limit to captions on TikTok? Really? So I saw someone post the entire generally accepted accounting principles. <laughs> Uh, as their caption, I, I was I lost it. I see. I, of course, I've seen the B movie as well, but I think I think that's brilliant. I love that. That is good. That is good. Okay, that was that was my just my thought on that. Um, then uh, last thing, and then we'll wrap up this grab bag. Uh, <clears throat> just quick question for you. So, I recently started a new job. Don't want to get into it. It's great. Blah blah blah. Uh, but so. No one wants to hear about your happiness, man. Yeah, only my misery. So um, do you think it's so there have been times where something will come up and I'll like want to say, oh, yeah, like this is kind of similar to how I did it at my previous job. Do you think it's a faux pas to bring up former employers kind of like bringing up an no. ex to someone no. you're dating no no <laughs> you don't think so no ever it kind of feels that way a little it de- okay it depends how you do it if you say oh, oh man, my old job we get old boss <laughs> yeah okay if you say it like that or like well, well we got ice cream sandwiches at my old job that, that that's stupid but if you said hey 
I, I did the same thing. So we're starting like, like employee groups, you know, like affinity groups, uh, deploy network groups, whatever you want to call them. And so I was like, Hey, like the way that we did it back at my other uh, job is like, we, we did this, this, and this, like, it was a really great structure that worked out well. We could maybe try that here. And people are like, Oh yeah, that's a really great idea. Like, I think it is an experience that you have learned from. I think it is more than, I think that is encouraged even to bring in your outside ideas. Cause that's why we bring on new people into mm. our organization. Mm. The sharing of thoughts. Snaps, and- bro. I'm clap reacting so hard right now, dude. So I don't think it's a faux pas to mention it in a constructive way. Okay. I think it's stupid to just make it a personality trait or to be <laughs> it a point of comparison on stupid things. Every time someone says something, man, that reminds me of my last job. Oh, my last job. I, I used to work like eight hours a day there too. It also had an office with chairs, kind of like rolling chairs like this one. You guys don't have a printer, do you? No, you won't believe what I'm about to say next. Or like if someone says like, oh, you think that's bad? At my old job, I worked like 10 10 hours every day on the weekends after my 17-hour shift during my regular job. This is nothing. Yeah. That's stupid. That's that's hands. In the most HR-friendly way, that's hands on site if you start saying stuff like that. That's me sending an angry Slack message to someone. I think that's so actually like, in the employee handbook. If someone talks about their workplace, it is hands on site. That hands on site. Legal yeah. verbatim. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. That's actually in our constitution. Uh, so, okay. That's our grab bag. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Uh, this is Icebreaker. You know the drill we call someone uh and ask them a random question. Usually we do someone we know, but we actually have our first uh, guess that neither Dan or I have never even spoken to. So True Sander is apparently a fan of the show. He's a friend of uh, a friend of the show, Cam. So uh, we got Locke on. Shout out Locke, dude. Second degree connection, baby. Let's go. All right. Hello, Locke. It's Locke, right? Yes. Locke is the Standing Desk Podcast. What is up, man? Um, not much. I'm stuck at home, but this is a huge surprise. I feel so honored. Um, I'm so glad. Talking to the celebrity. <laughs> no, no, no. We're talking to the celebrity here. So, uh, Locke, you are our first guest that neither Dan and I, Dan or I, have never met. So you should feel very honored. Cam has nothing but good things to say about you. So, um. Welcome to the pod. So uh, we know you have listened at least to one episode. So thank you for being a uh, loyal stander. So you know how this goes uh, on Icebreaker. We ask you a question and uh, you just give us your your best answer. So you ready? Of course. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the ropes, yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. So Cam told me that you love TV shows and movies. Uh, and he, he specifically said the Avengers. So I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> he could have just been uh, pranking me. But so my question for you is, uh, you, you got the Avengers, right? You got Iron Man, Hawkeye, Hulk, Captain America, Thor, and Black Widow. You have to pick two to defend you and the rest are going to come to kill you. Who do you pick? Oh, okay. Um, I will have to pick Thor 
mostly because Thor can wing the rest of the crew just because of his godly powers. But I think he does not have the human sensibility. Okay. And I think that in order to balance that out, you will need someone like Captain America. I know that he was very wrong during Civil War, and I still think so. But I think there needs to be the softer side to be able to guide Thor through. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps this is sort of like me shading Captain America, but... All I'm saying is that his powers don't matter much in in the sense of Thor, but um, Captain America can have guidance in terms of humanity. That is a, that is a good answer. Hulk. That is a very good answer. So I think like I usually think of these kinds of questions as they're all just like in a level battlefield, just running at each other, probably because that's how it always goes in Avengers <laughs> movies. But I like how you're actually thinking of like a whole war, like, there's strategy involved. There are potentially defectors from from one side to the other. So uh, I respect that. Do you think that you could win? You could beat the other five with only Thor. Canonically, Thor was able to kill multiple gods and demons with just his sheer power, and he was able to defeat like the more or like many of the most powerful Avengers out there mm. or like just like superheroes. And so I think Thor has the ability to beat the other five. Yeah. Okay. So then his only fallback, this is interesting because I've never read the comics. So his only uh, uh, fallback is that he can't like relate to people. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just, yeah. I think he's a bit of a, a dud because um well, he went through a movie arc of being this like godly powerful being with god complex and then being humbled by his own father but um but now he just sort of like is on a weird strange planet with like an adopted daughter so he is very very removed from just like normal human life so i would say that's true it's very interesting i like it okay uh and do you have a recommendation for a thor movie i've never seen any of them I really no what <laughs> I know I don't know what's up with me I I don't I don't really believe in spinoffs. <laughs> what do you mean? I would say the only <laughs> this is really bad for me, but like the only Thor movie worth watching is uh, the third installment. So love it, be... love and thunder. No, no that's love the fourth. And thunder, what you call it? Um, Ragnarok. Previous... Ragnarok. Yeah, Ragnarok. Um, because of um, Kate Blanchett's performance. She did really? that psychopathic, um, emotionless villain very well, who has like the sort of like superiority complex. Um, and so I stand Kate Blanchett, or I just stand <laughs> actresses in general. And so I yeah. love her performance. And um, it was a good balance between like being a Marvel character without not like being sorted by the funniness that all MCU movies have to. Okay. Like portray. So yeah, Russell Crowe in like the fourth installment was just not good of a character because he was there just for gags. Mm. So um, I guess I look forward to like what the fifth installment would show for Russell Crowe, but like the fourth one was just meh. So you're saying all the right things here. You're saying you uh, you like actresses in particular. So uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about one specific actress 
don't know if you oh, listened to that episode, but we talked about Anne Hathaway. And my yes, she did. My opinion about Anne Hathaway is that she is the most overrated actress, and she deserves none of the uh, the roles in blockbuster movies that she's been given. What do you think about Anne Hathaway? So I, your, I would actually say that your thinking is quite in line with the consensus. I Let's think that, go. Um, Anne Hathaway has this sort of like deary-eyed, pure girl yeah. aesthetic that you know, like, <laughs> sort of makes people feel very, very cynical or strange when they're around her because tend you usually tend to think that people are not that innocent looking. Mm-hmm. But um, when she won the Oscar for Les Misérables, she sort of like went up to the stage and said, "It kind of came true," or like, "My dream came true," <laughs> or something. And then people really got tired of it because. <laughs> it was kind of gauche and performative. And so <laughs> she even <laughs> confessed that she had to like disappear after a bit, after a while, because um, people kind of got sick of her and thought that she was annoying. But I generally think that she has that ability to sort of like communicate with emotions well, just because her eyes are so big. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good point. So, so, so it is a bit of a mixture of both. I stand at Anne Hathaway, and I literally just watched The Devil Wears Prada for fun. So and good. I still think that she's pretty good, but you know, like she is not good with a villain role, and she got kind of typecast and sort of like this mm-hmm. beautiful, but sort of like pure and perhaps can be smart type of like a woman, which <laughs> I can stand behind. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, she, um, yeah, she can keep, be a little annoying. She knows so. Okay, cool. So clearly you're a what is it, cinephile, cinephile, a movie yeah, lover. Yeah. So uh, my last question for you is what is your favorite movie? Of all time. Oh, Ever. You have God. to pick one. I no, have... no ties, no runner ups. I have, I have a letterbox. So my top okay. four, is that okay? Sure, sure. Mount Rushmore. So annoying, sorry. No, you're good. Mount Rushmore. I love it. Um, it has got to be The Devil Wears Prada. Okay. Teen Girls, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, and I can't remember the la- legally blonde. Legally blonde. Okay, Ooh. classic. I actually haven't seen ev- everything everywhere all at once, but I've heard it's great. The others are obviously incredible. Um, you should. You really should. You and Tam should watch it together. <laughs> Damn it. We will. Maybe we'll do our first. Uh, we're gonna do like a Zoom uh, pod video or uh, movie sesh. So maybe that'll be our first movie uh okay thank you so much lock we really appreciate you being our first um you know non-familiar guest so uh thanks thanks for being on the show no problem and thank you for being so generous with your time i love talking about this stuff as you can tell but you know like i look forward to listening to this week's episode all right thanks lock see ya catch you bye wow are you know? Lock fam more like lock facts man he had a he had a cover for all angles dude that guy had bars on bars bro like yeah, Cam was not kidding when he said he loves movies that yeah. guy he's in it so much i was very impressed. I, i'm kind of mad that he disagreed with my Anne hathaway defense but that's <laughs> all right consensus dude let's yeah go. so am i am i in the minority here i guess so you you Dang. got the hot take this time man you have the wayers stand up <laughs> okay i will be right back Welcome on back. Uh, now for our next segment, uh, you've heard us talk about a variety of topics in the past. Uh, we've, we've touched on the cutting edge of technology, such as uh, advanced machine learning, uh, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency. But now I think we've finally reached one of the worst 
applications of advanced or artificial intelligence ever. And that's, uh, has to do with the rapper FN Mecca. So Ben, have you ever heard of FN Mecca before? It sounds, he sounds familiar, but, or no, it sounds familiar. Oh, I know who you're talking about. So FN Mecca is, was the newest Capitol Records signed artist Mm -hmm. who released their first single on August 12th, um, called Florida Water. Now, Dan, why is this so peculiar that a rapper released a song? FN Mecca isn't real. (laughs) FN Mecca is an AI backed machine or augmented reality creation. So his lyrics are written by an AI model, which were then provided to a real person who sang the lyrics and helped it be produced into a song that Capitol records backed. They this is what Capitol records had to say about the project. When it came out, the old model of finding talent is inefficient and unreliable. It requires spending time scouring the internet, traveling to shows, flying to meetings, expending resources, all in search of the magic combination of qualities that just might translate into a superstar act. Even with all the money labels devote to finding talent, the success rate is a pitiful 1%. Now we can literally custom create artists using elements proven to work, greatly increasing the odds of success. Even if we can get to 2% uh, 2 success rate, then we've doubled the industry standard. This was the CEO of Capital Records? Um, This is either the CEO or the... It might actually be the people that got signed to Capitol Records said this. Oh, the project people. Okay, that's a little better. A little uh, better. Bro. Well, first of all, this is just the most ridiculous idea of like complaining about having to do your job. <laughs> complaining about having to find talent when it's just like that's what you do for a living. Um and like, okay, so because you're so lazy that you don't want to fly to Atlanta, you're just right. going to like make a robot, sing terrible bars. And it's so bizarre that this got somehow got approved. I can understand from the creator side that they said, oh, let's try and make an AI rapper or like he's in the metaverse or whatever. But to have Capitol Records look at this project and think, okay, this is a great idea. Some Because a lot of the power behind music is someone telling a story. Mm-hmm. These are my experiences. Yeah, yeah. These are real things that have affected me. These, This is what makes it powerful and true and why a lot of people like a lot of artists. Yeah, And having this fake rapper come into the scene who was also rapping about like police brutality and stuff like that. like Made it out the mud. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> like... Dude, Wally made it out the mud, bro. <laughs> Wally Y&W made it out Ma- the junkyard, dude. Bro. Y&W Wally, bro. I'd listen to that. Um, uh, yeah. It just seems so wrong. Like, how did this get approved? And how did Gunna hop on the track with it? <laughs> bro, slime? Bro, like... A slime robot link? Unreal, dude. Do we need that robot cop, a RoboCop robot collab for sure, dude? Like, th- this, these are real. <laughs> the, 
Oh, bro. These are the, these are the lyrics to the song that FN Mecca said. <clears throat> this is just the first part of their first verse. Too many ones and O's. Okay, so like binary. Yeah. That's <laughs> one. That's that's corny. That's so corny. I'm sentient. I'm going to take over the earth. I mean, yo, I mean. Skynet had a point. Uh, thumbing through these racks, my system overload. Oh that's God. again. That's why so do they funny. have? They okay. So you're telling me they have the most sophisticated software known to man, and they use it to create raps about being a robot. <laughs> this like, is why they shouldn't be allowed to do it because they have no creativity. You're telling me that people put thousands of hours all of humanity has led to us this creation of artificial intelligence which can do so much and it came up with give me that paddock need that ap need that zaza are you kidding me that is the pinnacle of human technology i'm pretty sure that's actually in future's discography (laughs) that's actual future bar like oh skirt just put on my tab my tab. I don't see the prices. Prices. Throw it in my bag. In my bag. One click checkout. <laughs> I don't even Face look at ID it. don't work. I ain't got one. I got Amazon Prime. So you know I, I got single quick. sign on in my eyes. Bro, that's so bad. Like, I don't even use that coupon extension. On Google Chrome, because I made a Chrome, just like my paddock to my dome. <laughs> Bars. Oh, an- another, there's another song by FN Mecca. This is the, oh man. Yeah, I got to look, read through some of these lyrics for us. But the intro is, on my gang. What gang, bro? Like, <laughs> what Boy, gang are you talking about? It's on the blockchain. <laughs> bro. My man's stacking cookies over here. <laughs> Bro, did you see like Eminem and Snoop Dogg? They performed, performed, quote unquote, at the VMAs. And like they went into this metaverse thing where it was just like a video. And they were both bored apes <laughs> rapping, bro. <laughs> oh, my. That's this, so- this is where that's headed, dude. This is where that's headed. Like the FN Mecca uh, NFT of his uh, started from the floppy disk EP. <laughs> oh, man. My dad only had two gigs of RAM. Look at me. I got an <laughs> Intel i9 now. Chrome. This man says in a verse, internet gangsta, just something I can't stand. This dude said on my gang as his first three words in the song. This isn't even good intelligence. This is such an awful AI bot. No, it's actually hilarious that they that their whole claim was that there is no talent out there. So we need to make something that's better. And this is what they came up with. Tired of you peons always talking online. I could make an API connection into this dude's brain. What are you talking about talking online? Dude, they're making Lil Pump look like Mozart out <laughs> If this dude was hosted in Texas in the winter, he'd be dead. Yes, straight up, bro. Blast of a dying breed. Bro, I've got a sim that can do the same thing you can. Bro, the year 
is 2060. We have politicians not bring Lil Wayne into the the Oval Office. We're having them plug in a flash drive to play FN Mecca on the Oval Office screens. Bro, FN Mecca for your local Senate seat, man. Dude, for real. <laughs> FN oh. Mecca 2060. Uh, that's that's about all I got to say about FN Mecca. Besides, it's the most absurd thing, and I could probably just this gives me confidence that I could do any job in the world. Yeah, no, yeah, I could easily look at this and be like, oh, actually, this is a really awful idea. Um, we might get like shut down forever if we sign this guy. So, I think we've uh, confirmed that we could become professional rappers in these last ten minutes, bro. If this thing can, if this thing, man, it's. I'll I'll leave it with this. Roses are red, Balenciaga's blue. Bullets make them hop just like a kangaroo. Oh my! FN Mecca, if you're hearing this, I'm calling you out. FN Mecca boxing match. Me, me and FN Mecca are gonna do a wee boxing match to settle this. <laughs> I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get my wee controller. I'm a box of. Welcome back to the Standing Desk Podcast. It's everyone's favorite segment of the show, which is Cooler Talk, uh, where Ben and I each get a new drink each week and we try it and review it live on pod. Uh, I might go first for this one because I'm talking to an old friend today. Uh, For those of you that have been there since day one, we're going back to our friends at Hoplark. No, you're not. So the first ever episode of the Standing Desk podcast is called Hopped Up Tea, which is because I got Ben a hoppy tea to drink for Cooler Talk. But now that we're in a remote environment, I figured it was my turn to try and give my honest review. Uh, For those that don't remember, it got a 2.5 out of 10 from Ben. Very poor ratings. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that weren't along for the the ride, uh, Hoplark Hop Tea is a gluten-free, non-alcoholic, uh, sparkling tea that is brewed like a beer. So this has zero calories, zero anything, no added sugar, um, and they rate their hoppiness on each can. So the, the rating scale is wee bit, kind of, quite, really, and whoa. So the last tea we tried uh, was quite. So right in the middle of the scale. This, is a, this is a whoa. I got oh, a whoa. God. For this one. So this is going to taste awful. I'm when, certain of it. Sometimes I'll think back to the tea. Like I'll, I'll see something hoppy. Described as hoppy. And I'll, I can taste the tea on my tongue. It was that memorably horrible. Right. And so this is the Citra Bomb 1 uh, flavor of Hoplar Cop Tea. So let's give it a little, let's give it a little go. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I'm not pumped for you, dude. So off the nose, this smells exactly like an IPA straight out of Denver, Colorado in some niche <laughs> brewery that is four guys in a garage. Some beer garden. Bro, um, it's going to be like drinking rocks. Yeah, I'm tipsy already just from smelling it, even though it has no alcohol. <laughs> um, it's supposedly like made with citra hops and white tea. I don't know. We'll, we'll, let me give it a taste. Dude, my stomach literally hurts just thinking about it. It's so bad. It was... Di- <laughs> you guys should see his face. If you upgraded to uh, the $10 a month tier, you could see Dan's face right now. Same. 
I, that that's just like ah, bro. It's like all of the worst parts of like a triple IPA, Oof. but instead of like the familiar alcohol bite that I know will release me from this prison of a world that we're in, it's <laughs> I, it's chased with water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, it's like the alcohol. The thing about IPA is like the alcohol like rushing to your head like it, it distracts you from the hoppiness for a sec this tastes like cotton mouth <laughs> yeah no i get what you're saying actually for sure dude that that's a crime bro who drinks this <laughs> i hate that they sell it by the pint too that makes you think it's going to be a that sucks bro that's yeah, a 1.2 that's want a to... 1.2 wow even yeah, that yeah, I guess that sucks. For, for it a, could be worse, but not by much. So that's the highest level of hops. Ooh, yeah, no, I'm fine with. Yeah, this is the hoppiest it gets. Yeah. I wanted to make sure I didn't say anything too egregious, but this uh, actually, I might downgrade this to a zero point eight. I forgot I gave the, I, I gave the last week's soda a zero point five. This one's a zero point eight. What was last week's soda? The the Warhead Sour Soda. Oh, this is better than that still? Well, yeah, sure. It doesn't taste like stomach bile. So I didn't realize that that was a collaboration. Like Warheads and Jones linked up to make and ma- more yeah, soda. They, they went in the lab. That's like, yeah, <laughs> they put their machine learning models together in artificial intelligence to make that soda flavor. <laughs> Lincoln Dill, bro. It's our brightest minds right there. You know it would sad is like some brilliant chemist is <laughs> like in charge of that <laughs> yeah and he's like this is it i did it this is my life's work right here just to be ready to point five on a, on a podcast almost said shitty podcast but we're you know self-love okay i've got a frosty cherry limeade soda oh that's gonna be so good got i'm a furious so I, Dan, you may remember my first uh, rock. <laughs> of course, you'd remember this. My first Rocket Burger drink ever was a frosty drink. It was the frosty blue one, the blue raspberry. Oh yeah, yep. You know what I'm saying? I yep. knew you'd remember. Uh, very good. So I've I have some high hopes. Brought to you by Rocket Fizz in Westwood. Uh, if you live in LA, check out Rocket Fizz. It's in Westwood. They followed us, so so we're, uh, we're now allowed to not. Yeah. Say that. <laughs> Okay, it smells limey. Any cherry in there? It smells like limeade. Not a lot of cherry. Hmm. Mm. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty cough syrupy. Pretty um cherry cherry uh, nyquilly. It's weird that it smells like limeade but tastes like cherry. Yeah, it is weird. How peculiar. <laughs> um. I think my expectations were too high, honestly. It gets better the more your uh, taste buds numb down. Once the cough syrup kicks in. It's a really in, good level of carbonation, it. though. Um, I'm just going to give this uh, 5.9. Not great. Not good. Could be worse. Yeah, could be worse. Could be Hoplar. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's cooler talk. Welcome back. Uh, so you may or may not have heard of quiet this this uh, phenomenon called quiet quitting, which is essentially, uh, you know, burnt out workers will stop 
Well, so how I first understood it was that they just like don't work, try as hard, but it's and just kind of like eject themselves emotionally from work. But what it actually means is like not accepting any extra work and just kind of doing the bare, bare minimum to skate by and keep your job. Excuse me. The frosty is, uh, is sitting weird. So, um, Dan, what are your thoughts on quiet quitting? It's, it's interesting because I think there are a few ways to look at it. Like, like you're kind of saying like the, true quote unquote definition of it is just doing the bare minimum, like doing exactly what is in your job description and nothing Mm -hmm. more. Um, But then I have seen other people describe it as like emotionally ejecting yourself from work, just not really caring anymore. I, there's some overlap there, I think between the two definitions of it. Mm -hmm. I think that I sit closer to, okay, here's my thought. I don't think it should necessarily be a bad thing to be someone that does just what their job description says. However, if you are looking to be successful, that may not necessarily be the best path. So, okay. I'll play devil's advocate here. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree, but devil's advocate. What if there are clearly no paths forward uh, in the company up the totem pole? Like, whether because you have bad managers or there's just not a realistic path to being promoted unless someone leaves, which isn't in the foreseeable future, then what, what reason do you have for working, put, going the extra mile? Agreed. And in that instance, I would say you don't, there is no, uh, nothing to encourage me to go above and beyond my, the call of duty or to, you know, put an extra effort for a company that I, there's not really any opportunity for me to be successful there. Mm-hmm. So there, <laughs> there've been numerous columns that I've seen on, on the usual suspects, CNBC, Bloomberg, wall street journal of like executives penning about how quiet quitting is the worst thing to happen. <laughs> It's a democracy or whatever. It's like crazy takes. So there's clearly like this underground campaign to stop this. And one of these columns, like making it a way bigger deal than it is. But um, one of the columns was saying how uh, it's actually counterproductive because if you do the bare minimum and aren't even emotionally invested in your work, then like you personally feel less inclined to do it like you feel like your work doesn't matter so then even doing your bare minimum tasks becomes that much of a that much more of a struggle how do you do you think that's accurate because i can kind of see some some sense in that yeah i'm torn because like if you're stuck in a position where if I like we're, what we were just talking about, if I'm in a position where I feel like I can quiet quit because there's no room for advancement, there's no room for me to be there at all. Then there, at least personally, I find no joy in that. And like, what's the point then? Like I'm very purpose driven. Like mm-hmm. what is the next step? Always trying to think one step ahead. And if I'm not in that position, then like, of course I'm not going to find any joy in my job. Like if I try and just do the bare minimum, then, what, why am I even going to work besides getting that paycheck? Like that's something that I can definitely 
empathize with in that instance, but I don't necessarily think it's, it's like a catch 22. Like you're going to be not emotionally invested in a position where you're going to quiet quit. And if you quiet quit, you're not going to be emotionally invested or ha- or satisfied mm-hmm. in your job. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a, totally. it's a feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, how do I want to say this? So I, if I, if I have a job, no, no matter what it may be, whether I'm stocking shelves at Johnny Gibson's, the local Tucson supermarket, or you know, working in a for a corporate uh, corporation, I like to take pride in my work and uh, I take it seriously. And I feel like uh, even if I'm frustrated at work, I still try to do the best job I can do. But employers are listening. <laughs> no, but uh, but this is occasionally been a hindrance in my career where like I care too much and I'm too close to it that like if I don't do a good job or if like you know I mess up something uh even if it's minor then it's like a really big deal to me and I like almost take it personally and I've really tried to make strides to not do that throughout my career because it is like emotionally taxing. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that sense, I feel like quiet quitting is fair to like, kind of, if you're just emotionally distancing yourself from your work, I think that's healthy. What's your take on that? Are you like pretty close to your work? I feel like you, you are, or you have been in the past. Oh yeah. Like I'm, I get extremely like emotionally invested in my job because I see it in myself that like my success in my job is like, it obviously reflects back on me and being successful. So like, obviously I want to, you know, be the best, be the, you know, the top, whatever position I'm in. But it seemed like if, even if I emotionally, I mean, it feels like that's another feedback loop is if I de invest in my job emotionally, then I'm not going to care as much about it. Like that's me not caring about it. And that's me not going above and beyond anymore or me trying to take on new responsibility. Right. So D emotionally investing while isn't necessarily a bad thing. It also won't. There, there's, there is a stark difference between my level of effort. If I'm emotionally invested and not, it is not possible for yeah. me to try and put an extra effort to work. If I'm not emotionally invested. I feel this. I feel the same. Even if you're just doing the bare minimum, like if you're not emotionally invested in what you're doing, then like how could you possibly think you're going to do the best job that you can do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think in that instance, it's you're just you just don't care. Like you just are fine with scraping by by the bare. You're just trying to survive. But if you don't care, then you're going to do a bad job, <laughs> or you're just going to do a fine enough job. Sure. Which I've. I will readily admit that I've done that on a few times for sure. Like mostly when I was just absolutely burnt all the way out from over investing myself in my mm-hmm. job yeah. uh, where I just got to certain points where I was just like, dude, I, I'm just going to try and survive this week. And I don't really care yeah. how anything turns out. And it never really turned out great, but it was, it was like enough. It wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. It w- well, for me, it was because I was emotionally invested in my job and any feedback I got, well, on it, I was like, no, no, no. But like I, at the time I was just like, I'm not going to put in the extra effort to make this like exceptional. So did that make you feel worse at the end of that work week or d- were you kind of relieved? You didn't have to put in a hundred percent effort. The relief was more that I survived the week without a full mental breakdown. <laughs> okay. Sometimes it's literally just survival. 
Yeah. And for me, the instances in which I quote flight, unquote flight. Quiet, quit my job was me just trying to survive. Yeah. So yeah. So temporary quiet quitting. Yeah. I was a temp at the quitting agency. <laughs> I wish I could quit all day long. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) Okay, so I guess uh, if the Standing Desk Podcast has any advice to our listeners who are thinking about quiet quitting, who are in the process of quiet quitting, uh, maybe just consider what's right for you in that moment. No, but actually, no, I'm actually being earnest for once. Like, if it's right for you to, if like, like Dan, you just need to get through the week by just doing the bare minimum then i think that's fair like if you're like mental health and therefore physical health is at risk not an exaggeration uh then it's fine but i would say that it's probably counterproductive to make it a persistent habit of constantly like making an effort to uh distance yourself from your work because then you're going to be so nihilistic about everything that you don't care about like anything in your work day, which is right. opposite of what you want. And I think the same goes for the other end of the spectrum where it's not right to overly invest yourself in your job, every single task, every single activity. It's about picking and choosing the places to st- take it that next step and to put in the extra effort as opposed to trying to do it all the time because then you'll burn yourself out. And then you'll switch jobs and land yourself at a tech software company. And we fully recognize that like sometimes your employer uh, puts you in a position where you kind of have to do the bare, the the maximum, the full maximum. Um, Why quit anyway? What are they going to do? Fire you? Maybe just quit. Because that's the the worst possible situation. The one Um, thing you have in your favor is it is infinitely more expensive to hire a new employee than it is to retain a current one. No, Dan. The most valuable thing they have is their personal brand. (laughs) That doesn't appear on the balance sheet. Actually, that'd technically be an intangible asset. Well, okay, anyway. Uh, okay. Well, that's, that, those are our thoughts on quite quitting. Um, thanks for sticking with us through kind of a, uh, roller coaster of an episode through technical, uh, talk and life and career advice and Avengers. It's been a whirlwind, but it's- I'm going to box an AI rapper. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. <laughs>